0: Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. My name's Tim. I'm the senior pastor here at the vineyard, and welcome to Mother's Day. Uh, wow. Salute all of you moms and grandmoms and uh, You know, I know that this is sometimes a, uh, it's a very sensitive day as well. Uh, A lot of us have, you know, we've lost our moms or things may not uh, have been like we wanted to. I know my mom, I was thinking all day yesterday, I think I got a picture of mom up here. She's been gone a few years and uh, yeah, and just uh, remembering and being grateful for, you know, all that they mean and they've given to us. And so I, I want you to know though, as a church too, that whatever uh, your experience has been and uh, wherever it is, and when it comes to issues like mothering and things like that, that uh, I want you to hang with me today and all you guys too, because I think the Lord has some very uh, good words for us on this Mother's Day. And uh, the comfort of the Lord is is here as well. Um, we're going to be over. You flip your handout over. There's a It's not necessarily an outline, but it's a little fill-in, and uh, that you can follow along with me. And uh, would you pray with me before we jump into this this morning? And uh, we'll ask the Lord's presence, and we'll ask him to come and be with us and breathe life on his word. And and, uh, I think he has some things to say to us, and pray for me in this. And so, Father, thank you for this day that we set aside to remember those who had such an influence in our life and, and still do in so many ways. And Lord, I ask for you to give me the gift of teaching over the next few minutes. Help me in my weakness. We pray that you would bring uh, You would bring life to your word that more than just ink on a page that the life of why it was written and the moment that it was written and why that you would bring it to life to us Make it real to us this morning and Holy Spirit you you are welcome here in this place. We welcome you to come and move among us in our hearts and in this room and do your good work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, over in Second Timothy, uh, this is a short letter. See, I give you these short letters a lot of times because I know you guys can read the Bible. Then you can go home and you can go like, I read the Bible in four minutes and, and you can read. It. So, uh, But 2 Timothy, obviously second because it's the second letter written from uh, a man named Paul who was very instrumental in our faith, instrumental in planting the first churches in that first century. And he had a young... Uh, Person that he brought alongside him to mentor and to pastor a church in Ephesus, and and Timothy. As you read First Timothy and Second Timothy, you realize that this young pastor, ever how old he was, probably in his probably thirties. I've heard all kind of ranges, but I would say around thirty or something. That uh, Paul was just instilling in him and trying to encourage him. And uh, so he begins to mention some things in this book, and I want to just mention one verse here we'll read, and that's 2 Timothy 1.5. And he's, like I said, this letter is to Timothy, and he goes, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Isn't that a beautiful? Do you see how that rolls I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Such a rhythm to it. And uh, it was written that way so that people could remember it, so he could remember it and, and uh, commit it to memory and be encouraged by it. And uh, obviously, Timothy was raised in a situation where his uh, grandmother was a staunch and firm Jewish believer, and his mom was as well. And at some point, some people believe that maybe on the first, Paul's first missionary journey, the grandmother may have come to know Jesus, and and now it's being passed on uh, to the grandson, and and also uh, through Eunice, through mom, and to Timothy, and now Timothy is at this place in his life. Uh, where Paul is helping him step into the next part of it. And you're feeling uh, there's a space there, and here's what I want to point out in this scripture. First is that faith, it has to start somewhere. It has to start with someone. Someone drops into another person's life the thought of Christ or the faith or what it means to follow God, to, to be a Christian somewhere in all of our lives at some point. Someone just dropped out. I, I I wasn't really what you call raised in church, but I remember a couple of times going to church, and uh, I remember two, particularly one. One was Sunday school when I was probably very, very young, maybe six years old or something, and, and I remember in the back of the class, and the teacher asked for someone to read the Scripture, and nobody raised their hand. And so... I raised my hand, and I read it, and then the other guys in the class threw stones at me <laughs> because I could read the scripture. <laughs> it wasn't the best memory of, 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 you know, going to church. I don't know where they got the pebbles, but all of a sudden, bing, bing off my head and from the back. And, but what I do remember, and I don't remember her name or anything, but what I do remember is the teacher. I do remember her looking at me and I do remember her pausing to thank me for being able to read it and, and to be bold enough to read it out in, in the group, in the class. And, and here Paul is saying, your sincere faith. Like something was planted in him by his mom and his grandmother that was more than just this surface, uh, dare I say, go to temple, go to church type on uh, you know priester type thing, you know go on Christmas, go on Easter, there was something much deeper that was planted down inside of Timothy that um, brought him to the place that he was finally here at this stage of his life with Paul. all of our faith. It starts at some point, and you moms and you grandmoms, and and uh, of course this applies to all us. All of us, of course, we plant into people's lives, and we have an opportunity uh, to, to do amazing things by dropping good words and uh, examples and everything. But you mothers and your grandmothers and all of you, you have you have children from the very beginning. I mean, there is an attachment there, and there is something with a mom that I it doesn't make me jealous. I stand in awe of it, actually, of this thing of that child-to-mother bond. And even the grandmother-to-grandchild bond is is an awesome, wonderful responsibility. And also, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to drop and start those seeds of faith uh, through a sincere faith, through an honest, pure faith, through an innocent but a deep-held faith. And that is that as As people watch our lives, you know, they they can see that what we believe actually has something to do with how we do life, how we make our decisions, how we treat other people. How it doesn't mean you're not human and you don't have your foibles, but I I think probably in our failures is where the true test of where our faith is really shows itself. Because when we fail, when we miss the mark, how do we react to it? You know, do we respond in such a way that it gives testimony to the grace and the mercy of God? Do we say, God is here, you know, he's, he's, he's always with me and we learn from it and we go. So, You have an opportunity to to do that. And you know, interesting thing with Eunice and Lois is that they were both Jewish, but Timothy's dad was Greek. So Timothy was a hodgepodge. He was part Jewish and he was part Greek. And in this world, as it is in many parts of our world today even, uh, Timothy would have been somewhat out of place in any group because he was too Gentile for the Jews and he was too Jewish for the Gentiles. And so he probably, you know, I mean, the biases were extreme in these days, very much so. But his mom and his grandmom, evidently helped him, planted in him the faith in such a way that he was able to navigate those times. And maybe the rejection and the bias and 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 all that he went through, they somehow stood with him and planted that sincere faith in his life. And like I said, it, it doesn't have to be just moms that do that. We all can do that in uh, one another's lives and in our children's lives and others. But Here, Eunice and Lois, Paul is giving a big shout out to them and going, you did a great job. And probably the way this is written, they're probably passed on by now. And Paul is giving credit where credit is due to Timothy to remind him of, of what's been planted inside of his life. Like I saw this in your grandmom and your mom. I saw it. And now this has been given to you. So you have a rich heritage. It's been placed there in your heart. And so... It's sincere. Don't, uh, don't take it for granted. And it's a way of just encouraging him. Uh, you know, there are 2 billion mothers worldwide. 2 billion. That's a lot of people. Here in the U.S., there are 85.4 million moms. And that's a sizable group, right? And get this. One out of four, 25% of them are raising children alone. They're single moms. Raising their kids I, you know, man, God bless you, may the church come along and, and let's do all we can to be in there and, and support and come alongside our single moms. That's nine I at this. 9.9 million single moms are raising children under 18. 9.9 million. And uh, so that's a sizable size, and 52 percent of our area are female. In this area in in Myrtle Beach here. Yeah, it's like we're taking over this, right? And and so, uh, you know, not only is it in proportion to size, but it's really you have such an influence. And you, all of you do. And, And so, Paul reminds Timothy don't forget where it started, don't forget who planted this deep inside of you, this sincere faith that they had. And I want to say also to grandmoms, thank you. Um, some of us know about raising grandkids and taking them in, and and I have to tell you, God bless you, I, we, uh, Karen and I, we, we know the love that you have, because um, we've been there, and so you guys, hey, thank you. Thank you for all you do, to love your grandchildren and to be there for them. And uh, those of you who are not grandparents yet, <laughs> too bad. You wait. We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I were at a we were at a surf flick Friday night. Yeah, a friend of mine owns a surf shop, and and um, we were there hanging out. And one young lady started talking to us. She just had her first granddaughter and the look on her face it was hilarious because we we know it five times over and uh, <laughs> and so we i just watched her just blow up you know she's in her mid 40s you know and and she's so excited and i'm watching her and i'm i'm laughing inside because it's just a very beautiful thing to watch and and those of you who do are so involved with your grandchildren, man, God bless you. Number two, look, at, it's, he said that it now lives in you. That same faith that once lived in your grandmother and in your mom now lives in you, and this is your second fill-in. It starts somewhere, but it also is fueled by someone. Someone is going to keep pouring into that person, continuing to stoke the flame, continuing to encourage that person. I'll bet you, most of us in here, it may not be, it may not be, uh, you know, your mom, but it was some mom in your life. I'll bet you can look back in your life and you can say, this lady, this woman had an an amazing impact in my life. At some point in time, this person spoke words to me, and you may not even realize it. That's why I love journaling, because you can start writing, and suddenly these faces will come to you, and you'll start recognizing that that's where that comes from. Now I know why I feel that way, why I like that, why I appreciate that, why, because that person kept pouring into me, and they fueled what I was to become, they helped me. They gave me this sense of right and wrong. They gave me this sense of love or appreciation. And um, how many times even at the end of our rope, uh, you're just about to give it up and you you go, to your, you, know, you go to your mom's and she's like, baby, baby, you can make it. You're gonna make it. I know, you, you know, because to, to mom's, you are Superman and Superwomen. I just want you to know that, you know, you, you, if you're a kid, you have a cape on. I mean, and it doesn't matter how old you are. You fly into the room with your mom so she's 85 or whatever and she sees super kid right there. And I think that's great. I think that's part of being a mom. I think that's a part of the gift that God has given mothers and grandmothers to give and to give away and, and to always see the good and to always expect the good and to sow into it. And I think, that, I think that Lois and Eunice were these types of ladies in this situation, especially Timothy having been half Jewish, half Greek, living in the world that he lived in, he needed the encouragement. And I just think Lois and Eunice, and then along, along comes Paul to take him in and begin to push him on into what God had called him to. I just think they had a, obviously a huge part of this. You, there were famous uh, moms down through history: Monica, Saint Augustine. Uh, if you, who is probably next to Paul, the most uh, influential theologian, even even if you've never read his Confessions or or books like that, you have some of Augustine in your life. If you know anything of Christian faith, he's in there at some place. But his mom, uh, I posted it on my Pastor Tim Facebook page, an excerpt from Augustine's uh, book, Confessions. And his mom, his mom was in a, uh, or his dad was an adulterer. He ran around all the time. But Monica, his mom, stayed in prayer for him. And Augustine said he could remember hearing his mother wail and cry at night begging God to save Augustine because he was a party animal, Augustine was. And so th- he gr- he grew up hearing his mother pray constantly and consistently. And he can she continued to just feel that, feel that, feel that until the day God apprehended him and turned him into one of the church fathers who affected all of us. And there's Susanna uh, Wesley I mean, John and Charles Wesley, the founder of Methodism, uh, their mom, famously, all those kids uh, who couldn't uh, couldn't preach in the church exactly, so she started a Sunday school class where more people ended up going to her Sunday school class outside than they did the church. And uh, raised John and Charles Wesley, and uh, moms have a special place. In our lives to fuel and to, to continue to speak into our lives and fuel the course of life for us. They're kind of a consistent voice there. And uh, I know my mom, uh, who's, I guess it's been uh, four or five years now, around Christmas time. The, back when I was 14 years old, I had a I had a surfing accident and it got misdiagnosed. And I didn't even know it at the time. So I'm in the hospital and everybody's coming in crying. And I'm like, well. You know, just fix this. Let's go surfing. That's what I felt like. And I remember everybody coming in. Everybody was so down. It was it, it was it's good. It got misdiagnosed, but uh, Mom would come in and Mom would sit there and go, "You're gonna make it," and smile. And and then after it, we found out it was not what they said it was, and uh, was good. She from that point on, all I heard my whole life was God saved you for a reason. God saved you for a reason. God saved you for a reason. I mean, I heard it until she died. Just, I mean, I heard it like a refrain over and over and over again. Well, God saves all of you for a reason. I know that. You know, I know that. that that. But isn't it special when you have someone who who is so consistent in saying those things to you? I mean, that's a gift. Don't ever feel bad about that, Mom, Grandma. That's your job. That's what you're anointed. Yeah, just... I wonder if I overdo it. Don't worry about it. Just heap it on. heap it on. Keep loving. Keep encouraging. Go ahead. Keep doing it. Paul will come along eventually. <laughs> and help, you know, step into the next phase. Enjoy your spot. Enjoy it. And, um, and so I think maybe Paul might have been thinking about Lois and Eunice in First Thessalonians 2, 7 through 8, when he, he, he made use this as a picture kind of of the church. And he says uh, in this letter, instead, we were like young children among you. First, he makes himself one of the children. And then he goes, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you in that comparison. Because we loved you so much... We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Boy, that's the description of a mom right there, huh? And Paul says this is what we're doing. He takes the the picture of a mom and and how she does uh, with her children and fuels that and passes on that faith and and so you know, hey, you're you're never too old to keep passing on. I I, I got to tell you one more story though, but because when we started this small group, this is a long time ago, and I was so excited. Uh, We were probably in our late 20s, and I thought 100 people were going to show up. I really did. I thought, man, you know what? I know so many people, 100 people are going to show up at my house. Two 80-year-olds showed up at my house. (laughs) And I had planned, you know, I had planned to be very honest. I was like, you know, there's no way this small group can really get off the ground if I'm not honest. And and being a uh, a young man, you know i said i 'm just going to going to say pray for me, and my fault living at the beach, lust, things like that and here's two eighty year old grandmothers, and uh, I think that was what I was going to confess and ask them to pray for me, and so I went i 'm going for it, you know I mean Karen was there, the kids might have been in there I don 't know, and then and so I, and i 'll never forget both of them looking at me and going, "Oh, honey, one day you 'll be old like us." <laughs> It was classic, you know, just one of those moments, just an amazing moment. Faith is fueled and, and by someone. It starts with someone as they drop it into our life in some way, and then it's fueled, and it's, it's breathed on, and there's, there's more, uh, you know, it, the embers get brighter because of someone's attention along the way. And, of course, we all want to do this, all of us in each other's lives and everyone, but you moms and grandmoms, you have a special place in this to do that. And, uh, and so Paul gets to, in another letter uh, to the Romans, Paul gets to the end in the 16th chapter of the book of Romans, and he starts giving these other shout-outs to people. And so this is going to be your last fill-in here, and he gets to Romans sixteen thirteen, and he says this, Greet Rufus, Chosen in the Lord and his mother who has been a mother to me. How beautiful is that? Who has been a mother to me. And your third fill in is this faith needs mothering, it needs people to come along. And I want you to notice something. This is not his, we don't know about Palm's. Uh, Paul's real mom, but Rufus, uh, his mom evidently was very instrumental in Paul's life. And so, you know, you don't have to have children to be a mother. You don't have to have birthed the child to be a mom. Because there are people in your life every day that are coming along constantly who need just what Paul got from Rufus's mom. Rufus uh, you know he may have been Simon of Cyrene's son do you remember him the guy who carried the cross for Jesus that could be this Rufus because uh, you know there were two brothers there Alexander and Rufus and this could have been him and so uh, imagine that this could have been his wife and so or his mom and so you know here's the thing folks God is going to put people in your path and along your life at ways that you're going to be able to plant those seeds of faith. You're going to be able to mother them in such a way as you drop it and you drop that seed of faith in there and you continue then to nourish it. And then someone has to come along like Rufus's mom with Paul and begin to mother it, bring it up. Help it become to maturity, to come to a place where in Timothy's life, like eventually, God brought Paul along to Timothy. It is interesting, isn't it, that Timothy had a problem with timidity? That Paul had to say, don't be timid. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, you know. Come on, step into it. But maybe that came from him being Jewish and being Greek and having grown up when he did. And so Paul comes into his life to say, come on, you can do it. Look what your mom and your grandma did, what she said now. I'm telling you, step into it. Step into it, Timothy. And so, but faith needs mothering. God uses this term all through the scripture, kind of like in Isaiah 66, 13. And he says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. That's God speaking. as the mother heart of God to reach out and to love us. In Matthew 23, 37, Jesus is looking at Jerusalem and he uses this metaphor. He says, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Right now behind my house, there's like, there's 16 baby ducklings and five baby geese. And this morning when I got up, I looked out the winter and there they were all together. It was a happy family of geese and ducks and they weren't fighting. I was like, that's a beautiful thing. Maybe it's the moms, you know, I don't know. But they uh, are just drawing them up anytime there's problems. And this is a picture of Jesus looking at his world and going like a mom, like a hen. I want to bring you close. I want to bring you in. And I love this verse in Psalm 113 and verse 9. It says he settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. You see, you don't have to have children to be a mother. You don't have to have birthed a child to be a mom. God will bring to you people whom you can drop faith into, whom you can nurture and you can bring along and you can disciple as we say it in the church and mentor them. That is the beauty of being a mom, beauty of being a grandmom in this day. I honestly tell you that sometimes you you get mothered by people you never even know. I'll have to tell you uh, one last story. Uh, My daughter... This is a good story, and uh, she's awesome. And we were, when she was a teenager, we were having those chats you have. And and, and I was getting extremely, extremely uh, angry, and I just walked out before I said something that I knew I would regret, and I heard this voice. And it was like the voice, you know, it's a humbling thing to be uh, mothered by a (laughs) 16-year-old. But I heard this voice go, is that it? Is that what you're going to do? Walk out? And I heard the voice of God go, well, is that it? (laughs) Is that what you're going to do? Or are you going to turn around and go back in there and sit down on the edge of the bed and get schooled (laughs) on how to talk? to a 16-year-old. Mothering goes on at the most odd moments in life, doesn't it? And it is such a blessing. God bless you, moms. God bless you, grandparents, grandmamas. God bless you, spiritual moms. Your children are all around you, everywhere. Everywhere you go, they are there, and they're waiting for you to speak. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.